0: and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. How well do you manage your time? Are you a time management master or do you constantly feel like you're out of time? In this episode, Kate and I are going to share some tricks on making sure you have enough time to write awesome copy, find new clients and build your business when you're quiet, when you're busy and every time in between. My name is Belinda Weaver. I'm a copywriter. My business is Copyright Matters and I'm the creator of the Copywriting Masterclass. With me is my co-host,
1: Kate Toon. Hello, my name is Kate Toon. I'm a copywriter, the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the Recipe for SEO Success Online Learning Hub. Right,
0: before we get into this chat today, which I think will be extremely useful, Kate, I would like to know, given the
1: choice, would you prefer to be on a quiet beach or a busy houseboat? I'm lucky enough to live near a quiet beach, so I think I would pick that. But my husband used to live on a houseboat on the Thames in London. Um, So I have experienced that. And it was great. It was was great fun. Um, But yeah, I'm glad he doesn't live in it anymore. What about you? Um, Well,
0: my first thought when I thought of an answer is are my children going to be there? Because. (laughs) (laughs) But I think I'd choose a busy houseboat. Party vibe Lots of people, yeah. I
1: yeah. think I would. It was a fun spot. I probably would choose neither. I'd choose my bed in my house with Netflix. (laughs) That wasn't an option.
0: No. All right, let's get into this because as I mentioned in the intro, we're talking about time management. And I think most people will agree by the end we're also talking about productivity in this one. Um, It might seem like a tired topic, but uh, you probably get asked this as well, Kate. I either get asked how I manage to get so much stuff done, working around two small humans, or how do I manage my time? when I'm flat out as a copywriter.
1: Yeah, I get asked. I do and I've written a couple of blogs about it and it's, you know, one of the things that I offer advice on most often, you know, not necessarily how to be a brilliant copywriter but how to get lots of work done uh, so you can make enough money to support yourself. And it really is important to know you know, when to maximize your productive time, if you're going to be profitable. Um, you know, lots of people are great copywriters, but they don't have great copywriting businesses. Uh, and that's because they're, you know, they're not great at, you know, quoting, keeping that cash flow going, marketing themselves. Um, you know, you really have to get on top of that and understand how long all these various tasks are going to take you and how you can fit that all into your week. So I'll start with the first tip. And the first tip is a pretty obvious one, but it's one that I bet you don't do. And that is to track your time. Now, often we will start tracking our time and get very bored with it and give up because it's annoying and we keep forgetting to click the button or whatever. But uh, I come from an agency background and we were forced to complete timesheets at the end of every week. You weren't allowed to go for agency drinks at four o'clock on a Friday until you'd done your timesheets. So... You know, trying to remember what you did at mon- on Monday at 1:30 on a Friday night when you're desperate to get to the bar is really, really hard. So you get into the habit of tracking work as you do it. And they had time management tracking software there. You know, you put your time against a particular job, and you were always trying to keep up your billable time, so time that was earning you money versus time when you were doing admin. And that applies to small business copywriters as well. So freelance copywriters. How much time are you spending on actual work and how much time are you spending on marketing, new business and baffing? So I try and encourage my copywriters in my group to have about 70% billable time, which sounds a lot. But that's how you make money as a copywriter. You've got to be strict. So the tool that I use is Toggle. Um, and I know that you you enjoy that as well. And in Toggle, if you get the paid version, you can set jobs off as billable and non-billable and have projects. I know a lot of other people use Harvest. I think Harvest actually pulls into zero. Um, but what, what you use Toggle too, don't you, Belinda?
0: Yeah, I used to. I don't track my time as much anymore, but it was absolutely essential when I had um, a lot of copywriting projects on. And the most interesting moment I had after I tracked my time for a little while, was realising how much time I spent on social media. Oh, and it yeah. was a big shock to my system and I that's made what made me actually pull back The time I spent on social media because it wasn't earning me money. Like sometimes you can say, yes, I'm genuinely marketing my business on social media, but that was not happening. I was not getting my return on investment for my social media time. And it was a big shock to my system how how much time I spent emailing. So once I tracked my time for a little while, it forced me into kind of structuring my day much more streamlined. I think I averaged about 50 or 60% billable time Um, so not quite 70, but you're right. Like what you can't find this stuff out unless you track your time. And you also can't
1: quote accurately. You really can't. And I would encourage anybody listening to just, you know, try tracking their time diligently for two weeks and then really sitting down and having a look at where your time is. And then maybe you can, you know, use social media as a reward, you know, do things like check your email once or twice a day rather than every five minutes, Mm. you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but the next tip we were we going to talk about our days, weren't we, and planning our yeah, days. Yeah, that's
0: exactly right. So you know, if the other part of managing your time, getting stuff done, is prioritising your task list. So I'm going to ask you first, Kate. How do you prioritise your work?
1: Yeah, so um, I genuinely will um, spend the first hour of the day, as I've always, as I said in previous episodes. Um, doing something that earns me money. So I don't sit down at my computer and immediately turn on Facebook and my inbox. I sit down and and do a task that I knew I that I arranged for myself the day before. So the first hour of the day I'm doing productive work and I'm doing something that's gonna earn me money. Once I've done that, I make my to-do list. And again, I still haven't turned my inbox on. I am just making my to-do list based on yesterday um, so that I, you know, I'm very clear on my priorities. Um, then I turn my inbox on because what I, the reason I do it that way around is when we open our inbox, all this stuff comes out. It's like, you know, those worms come... Sp- blurting out of our inbox and it's like oh my god we have got to respond to this and put out that fire and deal with that and it can really sidetrack you from that one important thing you had to do today and then you spend three hours messing around with emails and the one thing you needed to get do to done today hasn't been done so you know the, the urgent crisis from that annoying client suddenly gets all the attention when the client is waiting for something patiently, doesn't get it. So I do that. Um, I break my days into 25 minutes lumps. We're going to talk about that more in a minute, the Pomodoro method. Um, but really, I'm a to-do list girl. I tried uh, an app called To Do, uh, which we'll include in the notes, but I prefer pen and paper. Yes, I am guilty of adding fake tasks to get the thrill of crossing Absolutely. the land. Absolutely. And I have lots of different pads. So I have a couple of pads. I have my today to-do list. I have my one-day to-do list. And I have my random ideas to-do list so that, you know, I can incorporate some of the one, like maybe if I'm having a quiet day, I'll refer to my one-day list and do some of those things. So every time I have an idea, I try and record it somewhere And more recently, I've started using Asana. So I have different projects and I put tasks in there so that when I do have free time, which is rare, I can go to one of those things that I wanted to do one of my dream jobs, you know, how do you manage it all? Um, Well, I used to have, um,
0: I used to use to do as well. I think it's a very snappy very snappy tool. Now I used Wonderlist, but I think any kind of task management tool, they all kind of do the same thing. Um, But I used to basically have a mega list of things that needed to get done and I would just move everything over to the next day that I didn't finish on one day. And it just made me feel like an utter failure at the end of every day. So how I prioritize my day is I make sure I don't overload my to-do list now. Um, I want to feel like I've actually got enough done for the for the day what i started doing i got this um from sonia um from copy blogger it's like a three plus one rule Mm -hmm. so four things for a day one thing that absolutely must be done two things that should be done and one thing if possible to do now four things doesn't sound like a lot um but it means that i actually have a sense of accomplishment at the end of the day and um the other thing Mm -hmm. i think to prioritize your work is don't have really vague, wibbly wobbly, big things like redo the order responder. You've got to make tasks really specific so that they can be managed, specific, um, yeah, a bit better. And I'd like to point out that, you know, I say I do four things, but I, at the moment, I have about one to two hours max a day that I can spend on work. Wow. So, and that's if I get a lot of time. So I have to be really realistic and I have to be really focused.
1: It's really hard. I mean, I'm looking at my to-do list for today and I had four things on it. I have done none of them. So that happens. Know, I've done lots yeah. of other stuff. but I, And these four things have been on my to-do list all week and I've done none of them. And I'm now in trouble. If I do not get them done tomorrow, I'm in big trouble. So I need tomorrow to avoid distractions. And that's tip number three, how to stay focused and avoid distractions. Um, so in terms of... The obvious, we need to maybe get the Freedom app on our computers, which stops us looking at Facebook for a period of time. You can also get nice little Chrome browser bars that will stop your Facebook page having a timeline, um, which is powerful as well, because that's often where we get distracted. Um, but you know, generally you just need to turn off social media and also maybe put your phone somewhere else. Like if you really have a big thing, like tomorrow I've got four big things to just write. So I need to put my phone in another room, I need to turn my email off, and I need to write without distractions. And this is a great segue for our sponsor for this episode, Jump Chart. Uh, That's a software which uh, it helps you write without distraction, uh, which is fantastic. And I think, you know, other than that, uh, you know, as you said, making tasks really small and using that Pomodoro technique. So really focus on a task really hard for 25 minutes, but I am easily distracted. It's, I struggle with that. How do you avoid distraction? I am
0: also easily distracted. Um, I too use the Pomodoro technique, which as said, you block 25 minutes out, you don't do anything else. So you don't answer emails. You don't check your phone. You don't make a cup of tea. You just do the one thing. And I find that really, really good for when I need to get shit done. Beep. Um, but I would also, <laughs> I use music as well. Um, you know, I get to plug some earphones in, get rid of all the, the noise. And I just close all the windows down that I don't need because it's very, for me to go oh yeah. I finished a sentence I'll oh, just quickly check my email <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. so but you know with the Pomodoro technique I find it really tiring because I'm working really hard so I think that rest time is really important so avoiding distractions is reward yourself with a five minute break you're allowed to
1: And I can only do the um, Pomodoro technique for the morning. I can't do a whole day of it because it is intense. And, you know, it's great for smashing through tasks early in the day. But to do it all day, I think, would make you have a nervous breakdown. So, you know, limit the amount of Pomodoro sessions you force yourself to have during a day.
0: Okay, we're taking a quick break from the pod now to talk about a great tool from our new sponsors, Jump
1: Chart. Woohoo Thank you, Jump Chart. Yes, it's a website planning tool that helps you work out which pages you need and what to write on those pages. Well, I just use Word for that, so why do I need anything else? Well, it's all about the planning bit. Jumpchart helps you easily plan the copy using their sexy sitemap tool. The sitemap literally builds itself and you can add pages, you can drag and drop them. It's like a website but naked. So imagine there were a blueprint for a website. This is what it would look like. You can navigate to every page, manage the metas and the titles and see the bare bones of your website plan before you even push your first pixel. I,
0: some of these tools are a bit hard for me. So is this easy to use? Uh, Yeah, this
1: one's even you could use this one, Linda. It (laughs) (laughs) It has a really simple interface, clean design. And I like it because it's completely distraction free. You just write and they have these really cool things called content stats, which include helpful numbers like word count, but also how many times you've used a certain word and the readability level of your copy.
0: Well, that does sound awesome. I would use all of those things. So It sounds like you could use it for, say, a freelance copywriting project, but also maybe a book outline, perhaps. Um, And what about sharing? Could you share what you've done with a client? That's what I want to know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you can. You can invite them to just, you can invite them to edit, risky, or you can invite them just to read your work. And then when you're done, you can export the entire project to a PDF or HTML. That does sound awesome. It's so awesome. It's a fun tool. It helped me quite a lot. All right. Where can I sign up? Well, it's free. There are paid plans, but we have a free plan too. Just pop over to jumpchart.com slash hotcopypodcast. podcast. sign up today. And I'm going to say that again, people. It's jumpchart.com slash podcast, And I think you're going to love it. All right, let's get back to the pod now, Kate.
0: So let's get back into it with my next tip, tip number four, and that is blocking your time. So... This is partially about knowing best where you work, best when you work, like is it in the morning, do you do creative stuff in the afternoon, do you have a late, you know, surge late at night and and kind of blocking out that time because we've talked about billable hours, you need to know when you can get those billable hours in and get the work done. So, you know, I used to block out some writing time in the morning and then I would have email and admin in the afternoon and it works really well with your Pomodoro technique as well. So if you plan out your time, you can kind of block it out in your calendar. And it just, you know, it's just about being more efficient
1: with this, I think, because
0: you're not kind of scrambling around going, what, what is it I have to do now?
1: Like, do you do yeah. anything like that, Kate? I do. So I have um, a Google Calendar and I color code uh, different things. So I have like seven or eight different calendars that all overlay each other. It sounds super complicated, but it really isn't. So, you know, I have, <clears throat> I try and have regular tasks on, on at the same time each day. Um, you know, so my first hour, I try and do something creative that earns me money. I talked about that earlier. Then the next half hour is answering emails, social media. And then I block out the morning to do my best work because I know that that's who I am. I, that's I'm better in the morning. Um, and during that time, I turn try and turn my email off, don't always succeed. And I definitely turn my phone off. So I only return phone calls at lunchtime. Um, that's the only time that I get back to people. Um, in the afternoon, honestly, it's all downhill for me from one <laughs> o'clock onwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just tired and I know that school pickup is coming at three and it just doesn't feel like I can get into anything meaty. So that's when I'll do admin and marketing. Um, And as you know, we've talked about before using social media to reward yourself, doing a bit of social media in the evening, you know, like when I'm cooking dinner, like it doesn't take a couple of minutes just to send a quick tweet or something. I find cooking very boring. So anything that distracts me and my audience are online then as well. So, Mm. um, Yeah. But generally for me, you know, I can't work solidly for more than about four hours. My brain just won't let me. So I try and make sure that those early hours of the day I spend actually copywriting rather than working on my business. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But I
0: think, you know, grouping everything together like this. So you're not going, oh, a little bit of writing, a little bit of email, a little bit of social media, a little bit of writing, you know, it's giving and it links back to that Pomodoro. As I said, it's having focus and batching things together it's just and i know that
1: you used to do something whereby you like you commit to always doing a blog i think every fortnight yeah and you have it locked in your diary and it's been locked in your diary for so long that it's become a non-negotiable yeah i want to get towards that like if guys if you knew how difficult sometimes belinda and i find to schedule this podcast (laughs) and because of the time difference and then our guests aren't there or they're in it it's a nightmare and we really need to get we need to be better and batch them and do like three in a row rather than like this one you know yeah. <laughs> but we're getting there yeah so my tip number five which is kind of the last specific tip is to create systems and processes mm-hmm. it's your favorite word Blender. I said it process yeah process Love it. Shortcuts for repeated tasks. So we've banged on about this a lot. Um, having processes, having you know your flow from the first contact through to the final testimonial, all mapped out, maybe in a spreadsheet, having an email for each stage of that process, um, having templates for everything you do, creating swipe files. If you haven't got our swipe files set up to set up to get our email, you can do that at the hot copy site and you'll get our swipe file. And it's all around saving time around unprofitable tasks you know making i know i saw someone the other day saying i hate doing proposals for small jobs it was in one of my groups and what you want to do is just make that so quick Mm. you know small job here's the email bish bash brush off it goes so you've got more time to spend on on better things more important things yeah We love our processes. Absolutely. I just
0: hate the moment where I'm scrambling around trying to think about what's the next step? Where is this up to? What do I do now? You know, that kind of thing. It's just too much of an overhead on a brain that's too taxed already.
1: So, yeah, we want to save that brain energy for actually writing the copy, not for the process, because it should be the same every time. Um, and especially those emails, I, you know, I've, I've you know, Linda, I've got that big file full of emails that I sell at the shop. There's about twenty, there's thirty emails in there, because so many times when I had, it, especially a difficult situation, I would spend hours crafting that email, saving it, not sending it, coming back to it, adding a sentence, showing it to my husband, sharing it with a friend, and it was such a waste of time. So yeah, make some email templates, people um but look those are the end of our big tips but we were now going to talk about kind of different ways to manage your time like when things are really quiet so those are generic tips but how do you manage your time when you're quiet um which happens to a lot of us feast and famine so the point that's really important to make here is just because you don't have a lot of writing work booked in doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing anything um you need to be at your desk uh And, of course, you can have the odd day off. We'll let you do that. But you need to be doing the work, whatever the work is. You get to your desk at nine, and you still need to have jobs to do so that you don't sit there and go, I've got no work, my business is going to fail. You're still busy working on your business. Sit at your desk, do the work. Um, This, for me, is the difference between successful and unsuccessful copywriters. There is always work to do, always. Do you agree? Absolutely,
0: absolutely. And as you said before, this is a chance to foster good habits. People who turn up and do the yeah. work are the people who are there in the end.
1: Yes, totally. And Belinda's talked a lot on the pod about consistent marketing. So you market through the busy times and the quiet times so that you always have a flow of inquiries. You can't just suddenly get quiet and then start marketing. It's too late. It's going to take a month, before oh, that has any mm. effect. So... If you have a quiet time, it's a chance to spend time on your business Um, and it's something you'll long for when you get busy. Like when you're busy, you're like, I wish I'd done organized my folders back then because now they're a mess and i don't have time to pay Mm. attention so some of the things you can do in this quiet time is set up templates or go and buy them from my wonderful shop set up systems whatever your systems may be track your jobs and progress so go back through any inquiries you've had think about why they didn't work out think about what you would do differently Um, work on your financials so look at your goals and look at your profit margin and you know reconcile your accounts get ready for bass and gst so it doesn't come around in a horrible lump and all of a sudden you have to do it create swipe files um belinda's a huge fan of those we did an episode on swipe files. yeah and you mentioned this just before
0: but if people don't know when you subscribe on the hot copy website uh, hotcopypodcast.com we actually have a swipe file for guarantees writing guarantees
1: It's kind of beautiful. Um, You can also use this time to network and build relationships. So, you know, yeah, fine, go on Facebook, start helping people, start sharing, maybe carve out some times to go to a breakfast meeting or a lunch meeting, Um, you know, maybe go to a local business thing and start handing out business cards. And, of course, you can write blogs, um, you could, you know, imagine having a folder full of blogs that are all written and proofread and ready to go or all scheduled. You could write 30 tips to share on Twitter and get those schedules. You could make some videos. And of course you can also learn. So you could put aside some time to say today, I want to master how to write the perfect press release, or I want to work out more around tone of voice guidelines. And you know, next time you get a job like that, it won't be a mad scramble to suddenly acquire the skill. So I, I, I think this. I actually enjoy working on my business far more than actually doing copywriting. This is my yes. favourite bit.
0: And so
1: there's I plenty always to do. I found that when I <laughs> sort of was
0: like, right, I've got some time to work on my business, and I'm like, cool, I'm going to do all these things. And it would be like, ping, oh, there's a job. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> I'll kind do that then. It's the way it goes, um, isn't it?
1: But also I think having these things lined up and plans means that when you do get that empty day – You're not dwelling on it. You're like, great, I'll move to my other to-do list. Yeah. You know, and it's seamless. Yeah, absolutely. And so what we're talking about here is having,
0: regardless of whether you've got work or you don't, um, having intention and spending your time deliberately, Mm. that is a really big part of managing your time. And, you know, going back to what we were talking about, about tracking your time, if you don't get a return on the investment you're making with the time, then you have to start questioning the validity of the task. You always have to be looking at where am I spending my time and is it profitable? And that's something you you yes. can do when you maybe got some spare time between jobs. Um, but the other big thing is how do you manage your time when you're super busy? Because it's really, you know, you say yes to all the jobs and then you're flat out and you've got more work than you know what to do with and it sounds awesome, but that's actually can be kind of hellish like that's when you get the growing pains of your business um that's when i've burned out when i've said yes too much have you yeah totally how often have you burned out kate
1: (laughs) yeah daily (laughs) basis i think uh uh, you know yeah um and i still do even though now i don't have as many copywriting clients yeah i would always burn out when
0: I just said yes too much and um, I took on too much work. And then the, the challenge, of course, is that you don't work well you don't love on your clients very hard. Mm. You start having kind of really average customer service, the copies average and things start falling off. And then that's, I would inevitably go, right, I need to go back to basics and follow my processes and stuff like that. So managing your time when you've got a lot on is really important if you want to kind of avoid that burnout. And, you know, the things that you have to really Intentionally manage are things like how many projects you can take on, how long each stage of a project takes, and how you keep track of where everything is up to. And these are things we talked about in the Q and A episode, um, which was the last one we went out. And you know, if you can't manage your processes and quoting well, everything takes longer than you think it will, and longer than necessary because you're not like this slick, streamlined copywriting beast. And if you don't quote accurately, that's when you're not profitable.
1: That's just, it's as simple as that. It's yeah, as simple as I that. I so agree. So let's sort of break it down a little bit then. Um, you know, let's talk about when you're super busy, how do you tackle each of these things? So how many projects do you take on on average?
0: Um, I feel really comfortable with between maybe four and four and six I, I would say four and six but you know now of course i'm focusing on my course so i'm talking about when i was full time taking on lots of clients um four yeah. and six was like this really nice flow where i could take on some bigger projects and really love on my clients hard i would often have a bit higher maximum maybe 12 or 13 but that's me going
1: ah, i'm out
0: of control and i didn't like yeah yeah i think
1: i think six to eight would probably be mine um any more than that and i started to get them mixed up a little bit and and you know i'd always find that i had at any one time i'd have like five clients all called mark (laughs) or something ridiculous like that and because you're adult you start sending the wrong thing to the wrong people and yeah so for me i think it was about six to eight and as you said big ones small ones ongoing a nice mix yeah.
0: yeah, that's right. So you have to think about, like, how much work can I take on? And then uh, I mentioned how long
1: each mm. stage of the project takes. So how how would you work this out, Kate? Um, I think back in the day, um, you know, I had a sort of theory that a website, 10-page website would take about three weeks end-to-end end or four weeks. It's very difficult, though, because you are relying on the client to turn things around, so you do have to be quite... You know, you have to dictate how long they've got and let them know all the milestones Mm. before the project starts. Um, And then, you know, you just have to be aware to have some contingency in there. Um, You know, the project will never finish when you think it's going to finish. So, you know, I remember whenever I wanted to try and take a holiday, I'd be like, no, be fine, because I'll be finished on everything by then. And I never would be. And then you come back from holiday and you've still got little bits to finish off. And it's, you know, the only way I finally ever finished all my projects was by taking like three months away. And by the end of that three months, every mm. all of them had finally finished, you know. But that was, you can't do that. So there'll yeah. always be something ongoing. It's quite depressing. How about you? <laughs>
0: well, I always kind of divided the my projects into percentage chunks where I'd say, okay, the copywriting is going to take um, about 60% of my writing time. I know the briefing is going to take about 20% of the project time. I know the admin is going to take about 10%. So, you know, like that kind of, I would do a little breakdown and and I would just keep tracking my time and say, okay, well, I need to get a juggle on, you know, with the research phase, because if I take much longer, then I'm going to have less time for writing. And that's how I would try and kind of monitor how which stage of the project i was in and how i was progressing yeah um what about keeping track of where everything's up to now this is something we did cover in the um q a episode as well so if if you haven't listened to this dear listeners go back and have a listen to that one but we um tools and uh tracking kate you talked about your mega uber excel spreadsheet
1: yeah, I have a whip. Uh, it's, you know, it's pretty basic. It's just a whip spreadsheet. And honestly, that worked really well for me. It tracked um, inquiries and, you know, where they were up to. It tracked jobs. Um, and I because I'd mapped out my processes, you know, I had like little boxes that I ticked each time I'd gone through a stage, you know, first draft sent, first draft amends received, first draft amends done. Um, and it was, a, you know, it wasn't a Gantt chart. It wasn't as pretty as that. But it worked really really well and then I moved into uh, Basecamp um, which obviously it was very easy to kind of replicate timelines and things like that um, so yeah that those are the tools that I've used mainly were Basecamp and uh, Whips. Uh, work in progress. Yeah, well. and
0: I had a s- similar thing where I had a checklist where I would could always just open up and go, right, where am I up to with this project? Um, and again, it's just it's just about taking the overhead off your brain so that you don't have to spend time remembering mm. um because all the time, like all the stuff that you scramble your brain with that you should have on paper to make it really easy, um is stopping you from being profitable.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So I guess you know the thing to remember when you're busy, Is Kate,
1: one tip. Oh, don't panic, (laughs) although I always do. Um, You know, you can only do what you can do. You've only got so many hours in the day. Uh, It's not really one tip, but don't let the client's urgency become your urgency. Most things can wait. Um, So, you know, if you can't get something done, if you promised it on a deadline, don't go into your burrow and hide and put your head in the sand. Just communicate, just say, and don't do the thing. This is what I always used to do. Be like, I know I said I'd deliver it today, but I haven't finished it. Can I deliver it tomorrow? And then I still wouldn't have it ready for tomorrow. If you are running behind, give yourself a big breather and say to the client, hey, I promised to deliver today. I'm going to have to take another three days to get it done because I'm not mm. ready and then deliver it in two and then it'll turn that negative into a positive. You know, I never gave myself enough time and then yeah, when I absolutely. failed, I still didn't give myself enough time. My
0: big one was um, well, yeah.
1: the one you already said.
0: Well, no, but it's uh, not panic because sometimes when you're busy, you just keep going, oh, yeah. Oh my God, I'm so busy. Oh, my God, I'm so busy. It's like you're not actually doing any work because you're just panicking and just eat the elephant one bite at yeah, a yeah. time and all those kind of cliches that we can roll out but yeah take a breath take a walk write a list and get into it so so we're at the end I think this has been like I think as as we said at the beginning this is about time management but it was really also about productivity I think we've covered some pretty good tips on being profitable and being intentional with your time so let's let's wrap it up say goodbye and we end the episode with a shout out to one of our fantastic listeners and i'm giving a shout out to top scout from australia and she says i'm not a copywriter but regularly listen to the hot copy podcast and get oodles of value from it as a soloist in the marketing space belinda and kate also have stacks of advice to offer about working for yourself balancing work with family as well as writing tips that can be translated to other aspects of online marketing plus It's fun. It feels like hanging out with work friends having a coffee as well as the birds, all the birds in Kate's yard who seem to have gone quiet, which is nice.
1: Oh, they have. A naked chainsaw man didn't turn up today, so that's a bonus as
0: well. And uh, and thank you, dear listener, for listening. If you'd like to um, leave us a rating and review, we'll give you a shout-out on the show. Um, And if you have any comments to add, head to hotcopypodcast.com and leave a comment there on the blog post for this episode. So, um, listener question, we'd like to know for you, would you prefer a quiet beach or a busy houseboat for a holiday? Let us know on Twitter or our Facebook page. And there we have it. Thank you, Kate. Thanks, Belinda. Happy writing.
1: So you're still listening? Great. Because I wanted to tell you about my new podcast, The Recipe for SEO Success Show. Sadly, this one's just me, Kate Toon, but it is packed full of useful, practical, doable SEO tips and advice. You can find it in the iTunes store, on Stitcher and SoundCloud. Just search for The Recipe for SEO Success Show. I saw it. It was very good. I liked it. You looked very likeable. Thank you. I saw the the joy of sex on the bookshelf behind your things. (gasps) I'm joking. Oh, Oh, that was brilliant. I got you really so have the joy of sex? I went through my bookcase so thoroughly. Did I just make you go, oh, properly? I'm actually sweating a little bit now. Awesome. I'm, that's made my day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so cruel. <laughs> Fabulous.